dedicated to trots racing. On winners, welcome to Gate Speed. Yes, welcome to Gatespeed. It is 28 to 12. You're listening to winners on RSN 927. Blue Skies here. Beautiful day in Melbourne and a man who will be feeling pretty happy with himself after a big win of the Cats on the weekend <laughs> is Black Redden. How are you, Bakes? Yeah, good, Brian. Uh, uh, yeah, very good. That's good. That's great to hear. Before we get stuck into harness racing, just want to know what your hopes and dreams are for the Geelong Football Club in 2019 and what you think they might be able to achieve. Oh, I think you're well aware uh, over the last 12 hours we've had... Um, some relatively serious discussions about the football, and I, I claim to be no expert, but I do watch them pretty closely, and I'd be disappointed if they don't go uh, very close this year. Uh, is is that is that a little bit under what you're actually? Do you do you want to be a slightly more declarative on what you think might happen? No, I think Geelong are unbeatable for the Premiership this year, to be honest. But, okay, uh, so that's 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 a bit yeah. more like it. Okay, um, let's get stuck in a harness racing now. It's called gate speed, so let's move off the footy. You've declared Geelong, so we can roll whatever we uh, we like this weekend into Geelong to win the flag. That is a fait accompli. Tiger Pie back and burning love on fire. The first point we're going to address from the weekend. Uh, Mick Stanley's team on fire. Rack him up, Tiger Pie. He was, the time wasn't amazing, but the win was brutal and everything you wanted to see from him first up from a break. Yeah, and he was sort of beholden to what the others were doing early doors. He was drawn the second row and the, the two slowest quarters of the race were the first and second quarter of the final mile over the sprint trip where he wasn't able to get into it. But Mick Stanley got him off and moving pretty early. A thousand metres to go, he was up and, and moving to the breeze uh, inside that last lap. And from there, as you say, he just controlled the race. It, the margin at the end was under two metres, but effectively um, halfway up the straight, he was never going to lose and he was holding a pretty steady margin. He was first up from a decent break, so he got a little bit tired late and he had some holiday, uh, quality horses chasing him. Magical Man, um, really good turn of foot, obviously, and Bertie Winkle's been in rare form, so there were no mugs cutting him down late, but um, yeah, I think the win was a bit better than perhaps the margin may have suggested uh, for Rack'em Up Tiger Pie, so excellent return from the Ballarat place getter and also, as you say, Soho Burning Love, She's starting to build this um, this real rivalry with Pistorabi, who Pistorabi won the Group 1 uh, Queen of the Pacific going back a month or so, but Soho Burning Love ran a, an outstanding placing in that race, and she was able to work her way to the front, use her barrier draw advantage over her main rival on Saturday night in the Silver Chalice, and then and proved a big weekend for Mick Stanley, able to get the double, and um, you know, she's going to be really competitive, uh, and you know I'm sure she's already near favourite for the four-year-old Vic Bread Super Series, which comes up in a couple of weeks' time. So uh, it looks like a you know a good couple of months for Mick Stanley with Soho Trebecker also returning from a break first up this week in the Italian Cup. Uh, yeah, and we're told that there'll be no Inter-Dominion. I don't reckon for Soho Trebecker will be attacking the New Zealand Cup but skipping the Inter-Dominion. So a really early call made by Michael Stanley there. Just touching on those two horses a little bit further before we, uh, we head to Majestuoso, who won the, the home field. Rack him up, Tiger Pot. I think what I liked most about the win was how easily he cruised up in that 27.7 second third quarter and just put the leader to bed. Yes, he, he probably got slightly leg-weary in the concluding stages, but... That was the turn of speed and the casual turn of speed, the cruising high speed of a very, very good horse. It was, and um, and he's probably not necessarily been known for his high speed the last couple of preparations. I mean, uh, they weren't running along in the Ballarat Cup, but from memory he sat parked in that race, so he's he's proven just as tough as he is quick, and obviously at this level um, he can use either to win the race, and he sort of did use both. So, yeah, he's, um, he's starting to develop really quickly now, and uh, he's only a four-year-old, and I think... Uh, you know, setting his sights on on some of those key Grand Circuit features, particularly 
given horses like uh, Soho Tribeca and one or two others will be going to New Zealand for at least part of the, the early part of next season. It's going to give him the chance to, to really step up here in Australia and attack some of those key features of Victoria Cup and the like. Yeah, and it'll be great to see Soho, Burning Love and Pistol Abbey renew acquaintances as we head towards the Vic Bread Super Series for the four-year-old Mez. Pistol Abbey would have lost no admirers, made up significant ground in a very fast final half race, was dominated by Soho, Burning Love, and she won the day or won the night, but Pistol Abbey, again, very, very good. Point two, Majestuoso Monsters rivals in home field. Um, there were varying opinions on how good this win was. I was really impressed with it, just because had to he had to make that move early to whip around and get up outside the lead. This was quality opposition that he was facing, and he just out-muscled them in the concluding stages. Yeah, he, um, well, after that early gallop, you would have been almost thinking, well, I'm not sure if he can win this. Um, all the muscles was able to get forward, as you sort of outlined, George's pride put the pressure on him and, and got to the lead, and she's a very good mare or filly, as we saw in the in the uh, Oaks the previous week. So it was a good, solid form reference, Charlotte, uh, Royal Charlotte, the, the Oaks winner was there, but he just... Um, he just worked around him in the middle stages after he pulled himself together after the gallop and over the sprint trip. It's uh, it's a big ask to do what he did, but um, yeah, that was a it was a mind blowing win really. And I know uh, you've been a big fan of his for a long time, and and sort of the the hype around him has been pretty solid for the last twelve months. But he is starting to deliver based on that, and well, he's clearly still a work in progress. I mean. It's exactly, um, well, it's hard to exactly tell where he might get to because um, he's got plenty of ability. He's got uh, tricks up his sleeve. He can he can race tough. He's got speed. So, no, it was a, it was a big win in the home field. And um, yeah, he's a, he's a proper top trotter, I'd say, Majestuoso, particularly in this three-year-old division, if he can really uh, get his game together. The, the key to him going forward, I reckon, is the fact that at at some stage in a really big race, Kate Gath is going to need to get stuck into him. She was remiss to do so. I really didn't want to didn't want to uh, upset his rhythm on the weekend and just let him try and cruise for as long as he possibly could. But when he gets into a real war at some stage against a very good horse, maybe an alpha male down the track, they're going to have to find the bottom of Majestuoso at some point. But he's a very good trotter. Would all the muscles have won the race if he didn't gallop or not? Very hard to tell. I mean, Majestuoso was oh so good. He didn't win by a big margin, but yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd probably um, I'd say to your opinion. What did you think? I, I, yeah, I think Majestuoso is just one of those horses. I think he probably would have held all the muscles, but um, it's one of those uh, hypotheticals. We'll never know. Will we? Just behind the leader and was just extricating into the sprint lane when uh, when made the error. All the muscles, but that unfortunately might be a little bit of an Achilles heel for him going forward as well because he's got that slightly rough action. Emma Stewart weekend frenzy ends with Adelaide Group One. This was the one hundred thousand dollar race. The Allwood won by Pandering. Very nice horse, and I thought it was a terrific effort by the second horse, Two Night Spirit. Yeah, you're right, and. Um well, it might be. The, I think it, I'm confident in saying it's the only Group One race, or one of only two Group One races in South Australia, and it's a new race, the Allwood for the two-year-olds. And Emma Stewart's clearly targeted the race and uh, and found the right horse. So, um, to to her team, they've done an excellent job. And um, well, he's a pretty nice horse, Pandering, as you say. Night Spirit was excellent as well in the race, but uh, but Pandering, um, you know, he's sort of he's he shown his form over here in Victoria. He was able to to sort of border hop and go across there for the race and and uh, proved too good for them. So, no, he's a, he's a nice horse. He won by a good space tonight, Spirit, and uh, big gaps back to third. Uh, the Victorians were clearly just a bit too strong for for the local uh, local horses, um, but it wasn't uh, it wasn't just pandering on the weekend. They had out-to-play win, a three-year-old race over there, and um, they also had always fast winning the Bendigo Guineas major times run over the weekend in South Australia. So there were winners everywhere for, uh, for the Emma Stewart team headed by that Group 1, but... Um, uh, you know they're, they're developing a, a really nice group again of those younger horses, and 
good to see always fast get the, the Bendigo guineas on Friday. Yeah, always fast is a really nice horse. I think a really nice horse. Uh, point four, Sunshine Photosynthesizers Miragon and Youthful Stakes. Some of your best work here uh, using some uh, some of the stuff you learned back in year eight or year nine with photosynthesis and chlorophyll and all the rest. We, we refer to You Are My Sunshine winning the Youthful Stakes for the baby boys on Saturday night. This was some sort of victory. I spoke to Damien Burns yesterday. He was over the moon at the win. They went to the races just, just thinking if we can keep up here, it gives us hope we might be able to make a Vic Bread Super Series final or a Breeders' Crown final. But now that they've won in spectacular time, sub-154, they know they've got a really good young horse in their hands. Yeah, probably, um, you know, he, he didn't necessarily do the work. There was a bit going on up front, which uh, led to that uh, excellent time with uh, with Aussie Battler and what did you say and co, sort of pouring on the pressure through the early and middle stages. But that certainly advantaged uh, both you are my sunshine and Miragon to a large degree who were all bad off pegs, still uh, getting nice cover in transit, and they uh, they emerged together. You're my sunshine, obviously the first there, and you probably would have thought Merigon's going to race straight past him halfway up the straight, but it just didn't eventuate. You are my sunshine, continued to kick and find, and that was probably one of the better uh, signs of his win that he he lifted under pressure, uh, being that pair closer to the hot speed, and still being able to to hold off the sweeper, who we know is a pretty good horse, Merigon. So uh, it was a little bit of old form and new form. I guess you are my sunshine, has that, that early season form around the Tiger Army and co, and, um, and he's come back, and clearly you know, that's going to measure up as we head towards the, that Vic Bread Super Series. So good that he can follow speed, good that he dug in when, uh, when tested late. That was obviously only over the sprint trip, but uh, I'm sure it will translate to middle distance form, and uh, it will be a good form reference heading forward for sure. It was a magnificent win. He did like he didn't do all the work. You're dead right, but he did more. He was chasing up yep. the leading division, you know, and Miragon had him cold. I was probably, to be honest, heading forward, slightly disappointed in Miragon. He was really good winning the homegrown classic final, but it was his race to lose. I mean, it was a magnificent effort from You Are My Sunshine to kick back, but. I reckon in those last 30 mirrors, uh, metres, Miragon also said, oh, look, I've had enough of trying to get past you because I just can't. Yeah, and, and it was it was run relatively hectically early, so uh, that's not necessarily going to be the case. Of course, Vic Bread Super Series and, and races of that ilk will be run strongly, but maybe not as hectic as the early part of this race. So he might not face uh, you know finding that sort of bottom again through the season, but at the same time... Um, yeah, it's clearly showed a little chink in his armour, I guess, if they're running the whole way and, and he's still got a chase inside the final 100 metres. It's, um, it, it probably wasn't a great sign, no. Who's the best two-year-old uh, two-year-old male pacer in the country right now? That's, uh, that's a question without notice. You kind of have to default to Gilby Nitro based on what he's done, but uh, in terms of, of potential, I'm, I'm sure there are two or three that are ready to, to challenge him as we get towards those better, better races, but... Um, your thoughts, I'd probably default to Gilby Nitro. Yeah, and he heads, heads towards the British Challenge, of course, so gets an opportunity to further stake his claim as the best juvenile. I think some people are almost talking about him as one of the best juveniles of the past 10 years. We've had a lot of that go on in uh, in recent years, of course, but he's, he has been very, very good in his short career to date. The final of the five points of the things we learned across the weekend, McLovin finally gets away from JJ and scores Bendigo Trotters Cup success. Now, the performance of McLovin in his previous outing, I reckon it was in the John Slack, when beaten by Savannah JJ I thought was completely out of this world. And uh, really, if you replicated that performance, he was always going to win at Bendigo. And uh, he certainly did replicate it. It was an enormous victory. Yeah, he's probably... I mean, his form card doesn't look spectacular over his last three or four starts compared to the five wins I think he put on in prior to that, or five out of six. But when you actually go through it, the only two horses that have beaten him in the last four starts have been Savannah JJ and Red Hot Tooth, who are two clearly 
of the best trotters in Victoria at the minute. So um, he got into what loomed a slightly easier race on paper. It was it was pretty deep at the same time, but um, he still had to come off that 20 metre handicap staying trip. But uh, yeah, he was very good. He broke the track record, which uh, which was. Uh, a good effort under the circumstances, and as you say, he's uh, he put the right on the wall to start before. So uh, good to see him get back into the winners' stall, and and um, I'm not sure exactly what the plans will be with him now. I assume he'll have a little break at some stage. He might race on a little bit through the winter and try and clean up a few more free for alls, but uh, he'll be back towards the uh, the spring and the new year to tackle those bigger Group One races for the Trotters. Yeah, I reckon it'll be the making of him, the fact that, I mean, in those first four or five starts, he found the front, and this is always the big difference between finding the front in those good races and having to do the work. Well, he's had to do the work on a number of a number of occasions. He was probably entitled after a sort of a relatively long preparation now in Australia to start uh, his form waning, but he's only gotten stronger and stronger with the tough racing. So I think he's probably a better horse now than even the one we saw first turn up in Australia and win that South Australian Trotters Cup. That's enough of what we learned on the weekend. We now have to look forward and on. On the line, we have one of the legends of Australian harness racing, Lance Justice. How are you, Lance? I'm good, Jason. Uh, fields aren't out for Saturday night yet, mate, but one of my uh, favourites at the moment, Rishi, will be going around in the free-for-all. He just gets no fortune whatsoever with his racing pattern, but he couldn't be going any better, mate. Yeah, we give him last week off because um, he'd been around for the last half dozen weeks and finished no further back than third one night, but no, he's been great. Good old trier. I'll uh, I'll let Blake let rip on you in a minute, but just uh, sticking with Rishi just for a moment. Look, I got got a funny feeling. He's called him a good old try there, so I don't know whether you're, you're tempering his opinion of being a, an absolute top horse. But I get the funny feeling, particularly going all the way back to that Melton Plate where he followed the speed, and I reckon if he'd been pulled out a little bit earlier, he, he, he nearly would have won the race. That he's going to be the kind of horse because he's so strong that even though he's having to do all the work in these sorts of races, once he gets to better grade and he can follow speed, a really good race win might be in him. Yeah, I think you're right because right now he's got to set the tempo up to be competitive competitive. and when you get a lot of better horses together and the speed's right on, he doesn't have to set the tempo and he can just finish off hard. So, no, I, I agree with that. I think he's, he'll win a lot better races. Going forward, Lance, with him, uh, Rishi, what sort of the, the the rough plan? Will he, will he have a trip away at any point? Will he go to Queensland for, for the carnival or will you sort of Keep him in free-for-all grade here in Victoria and then try and attack the bigger races come spring and, and summer? Yeah, we haven't really worked out anything. We just thought that we just we were, had a really good offer overseas for him, but we refused. And um, we just thought that we would just send him around uh, for a little while, he'd give a little, little break, and then maybe look at the Winter Carnival. Um, maybe I'd love to get him to an angle because I think he'd just love that track. And, um, yeah... He's, he's, a, he's a really nice horse. He, he's, he just lacks that little bit of high speed that's smoking up and like you used to have. Yeah, I think that, that that clearly is the case. And probably his tactical speed early in his races. He's, it's not like he's a slow beginner. He's got relatively good gate speed. And he's just not fast enough to cross other fast horses. But I agree with you, Lance. I reckon you get him to Menangle. He's going to absolutely love those conditions. I really should be letting Blake run the show here with this next horse that we're going to ask you about, Matthew, because he was most taken by the debut performance here on Australian soil. But he's only had the one go for the one win. What kind of opinion do you have of Matthew, mate? He... Um He's relays that good little mare that I had. Who, who, who are, are you? you? Mm. And um, I thought she was she was a really nice horse. She got down to a good metropolitan mark herself, and then unfortunately she had a really bad accident at home and had to be euthanized, which was sad. Um, but um, I I do like him a lot. He's strong. 
He's a horse that you don't really have to worry about barrier draws too much while he's going through his grades. And you don't have to think about too much how you're going to drive him. You just drive him as he feels. And uh, he's able to put him away really strongly last week. So um, it's early days, but um, he's got that good horse feel about him. I guess the, the most impressive thing, thing Lance, on debut, I know punters found him. He was very short in the market, so clearly he'd been trialling well and you had a decent opinion of him. But um, he was sort of a little bit challenged halfway up the straight and he, he really did dig in and, and get away from them again. It was uh, it was everything you sort of wanted to see on debut, wasn't it? Yeah, that's what I really liked about him. The last 50 metres when he actually started to pull away again, he just, it's almost like he said, let's get going. But, you know, I'd given him one trial, which he'd won, but he... he um, very lazy, very green, very mature. Um, good qualities for a strong horse to be lazy. So, you know, I, I think there's, he's got a really good hope. I, I like him a lot, a real lot. Lance, we uh, turn our attention to tonight now because we're trying to find winners there. Now, race five's had a couple of critical scratchings, including Maritai. I can openly admit I have not got my head around John Luke yet. I don't know if you have. Obviously came to Australia. Colin Croft, again, the owner, who I think is the owner of uh, Mac Hugh as well, um, with pretty big wraps. And I thought you had, I think you thought you had a pretty nice horse in your hand. He was doing some wonderful things at home. He's had a funny old start to his career. He's looked really, really impressive on occasions and uh, not too impressive and hung a little bit on other occasions. A, number one, what's the future? Are you still pretty excited about what John Luke can do? And can he win at Melton tonight? Look, I thought tonight was a strong field, but you said there's a couple of scratchings there, so that'll that'll help him. He, I was at Yarra Valley with him last week in a, in a reasonable good field, and um, we got to the end of the day and he drawn Barry one, and not one leader had won for the day, so I got out there and thought, well, silly really trying to lead because we're not going to buck the trend. Um, so we drove him with the trail and he, he went exceptionally well. He, he's got a good turn of foot if you drive him off the pace. In saying that, he's got barrier three tonight and he probably wouldn't be driving, driving him back out of it from there. But, yeah, he's a hard horse to line up. I mean, I, I haven't given up on him, but I know that when he works with the real good horses, he'll sit on their back and give a real good kick. And he does it at home and he does it in his races. So, you know, he, he may mature enough to learn how to race in front, but, um, yeah, jury's out yet. Lance, before we let you go, we should ask about uh, Lovin' a Chevy. What a great story he's been. We last saw him. I think he was scratched from a Horsham Cup. Is he, uh, is he still in work? Will we see him again at some point? No, he um, he just got a couple of um, wind goals on one leg, and he's had so much go wrong in his life that we just stopped working him and turned him out. He's actually up the farm in the paddock with Sokiola right now. He'll have a couple of months off. He's had, had three or four weeks off now. We'll give him another four weeks off, and then we'll bring him back and um, set him for the spring. Bakes thinks he's, com- he's just commandeered the interview here and telling me, t- t- saying we're going to wind it up. But I've got one more question for you, Lance, here. I reckon there was a Victorian Trainers and Drivers Associating- Association annual general meeting, I reckon it might have been last night at Tabcor Park. Have you got anything that you might be able to report to us from what occurred there? Um, it, it's, uh, it was just a, a meeting, that, uh, the annual general meeting, of course, but there's nothing that, that come out of it other than um, there's a few people that have got a few issues that we're trying to sort through. We... Um, we're trying to be as positive as we can about the industry. We would like the races to be, of course, worth a lot more money. But um, yeah, it's 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 a it's a it's a wait and see, and we're just working through it. But we're doing our best. We're just working hard for the harness racing participants and trying to get a better result for everybody. 
And very quickly before I do let you go, what is the general vibe out there about the ratings-based handicapping system? There's been a lot of effort to try and go and do the road shows and educate people, the podcast and everything else. Is there still some confusion or is the vibe generally fairly positive going into July 1? Well, we've had a, a we've had to just keep allaying fears that, you know, HRV and HRA are very flexible and we'll make this work. And if it doesn't, if it doesn't work, they'll tweet it so it does work. And anybody that's rang me up, I've got two terrific fellows on the committee and Grant Campbell and Stephen Cleave who were part of um, putting this thing together with HRA and HRV and I just push all the questions onto them because you know I feel confident in their hands that we'll, we'll get it pretty, pretty much right. Really appreciate your time this morning Lance and good luck with Jean-Luc tonight mate. Thank you. Bakes, um, anything more to add there from our little interview with Lance? No I wouldn't have thought so. It was obviously a pretty good push for Matt Cuey's uh, and John Luke's probably in the same category as Rishi to a large degree. Uh, Rishi probably had a down period, I guess, after he sort of burst onto the scene here in Victoria and, and then he started to build again. So it might be a bit of a trend with, with Lance's horses. They just take sort of five or six runs to, uh, to find their feet after their, initial, uh, after their initial run and then they start to develop into those strong horses that we know Lance is capable of producing. So I wouldn't give up on John Luke just yet. No, I certainly um, would be suggesting that Matthew's going to develop through the next 18 months rather than just be a star up front. Got to go Yahoo, of course, from the same family as Who Who Are You and Mac Hugh, so a very, very good family. Would have been worth a bit of money, so hopefully for Lance and Colin Croft, that horse can get a job done. Appreciate your time and thoughts this morning, Bakes. Enjoy the rest of the day. Thanks, Bon. It is 7 to 12. Time to pay some bills once more here on Winners on RSN 927. When we come back from this break,